everyone. Woohoo, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Christian Lehman Church. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service. Um, good evening. We were joking today. It seems like it's Sunday morning. We want to say good morning, but good evening, all of you. We're so excited that you're here in person with us to celebrate Christmas. Um, I just remember last year we had we had Zoom Christmas Eve service together, and that was such an awesome time where people from all over uh, could still celebrate together. But this year we have actual people here. Um, we have time to, to celebrate and to worship our God together as a church family. So we're so glad that you're here. Uh, for those of you live streaming in, just watching us online, we want to say welcome to you too. I know people are streaming in from all over, so... Um, Merry Christmas, and we're so glad you're here with us. Um, I just want to invite you all to stand. And this morning, we're going to, this morning, this night, we're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start the service off um, worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, that is just, again, what we're here to do, why we celebrate Christmas. Um, yes, it is to spend time with family. Yes, it is to have a break from work. Yes, it is to give and, and receive different things, but ultimately it is about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his birth. And as we were, we've been going through this uh, sermon series, we've been learning that Jesus coming to this world changes everything. If he didn't come, everything would be different. But because Jesus came, he gives us peace he gives us joy. He gives us life. He gives us purpose. And we have a reason to be standing here um, today. And so let us as a church just give our glory and our, our praise and worship to the Lord um, as we sing some songs today.
thank you tonight for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, for being just an amazing God, an amazing Father, one who sent his own Son to the world in the form of a baby to save us, Lord. Today we celebrate you. We give praise and glory to you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being truly the light of the world, the one who changes all things and gives us hope to the very end. We love you so much, and would you continue to be glorified tonight by our worship and by our words. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May all be seated. Tonight's passage, and it comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up to Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, the betrothed, who was with the child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn, and wrapped him in a swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. Amen. At night, um, we're going to have a message by Pastor Calvin, titled, A Simple Plan, Making Room for Jesus. Well, good evening, everyone, and Merry Christmas Eve to, to all. Well, welcome to those here and those watching online on the east, this eve of the anniversary of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tomorrow is Christmas Day, so my question, have you made plans yet? How are you going to spend that day? And more importantly, will you be welcoming Jesus into your homes on his birthday? Have you made room for him in your minds and hearts? Now, there's an old adage that goes like this. Fail to plan is a plan to fail. That's pretty much a truth that applies to so many areas of life, whether family, work, school, ministry, and even faith. That's pretty much a truth that applies in all parts of our lives. I'm not saying being spontaneous doesn't have its merits, but there's nothing wrong with being prudent and wise to plan ahead. But even the best laid plans cannot anticipate all the circumstances that can happen. Have you ever experienced that before? Have you ever had something go wrong in your plans in your life? When um, Terry and I were planning for our wedding a long time ago, there was the normal long list of things to do and manage, especially when you have a guest list of 550 guests. So between the two of us, Terry is the better project manager. And so she smartly gave me a very short list of responsibilities. Now, one thing she assigned to me was to reserve a hotel room 
preferably near our reception site so we could have a place to stay that was very close by because after the wedding and the ceremony and the banquet, it was going to be very late at night. So not having to drive anywhere, it would be convenient to have something close by. Terry told me specifically not to mess up. We had one year to plan for our wedding day, and I was thinking, you know, how hard is it to make a reservation at a hotel? Especially in San Francisco, that has so many hotels, right? Big mistake. When it was a month out from our wedding, Terry asked me if I had made reservations yet, and I told her, got it, no sweat. So I called a hotel that most couples stay near our banquet hall and found out it was booked full. Calling other hotels, I was getting the same answer. I couldn't believe it. I started to panic when I learned that a major medical convention was in town and all the hotels in San Francisco were reserved. Sound kind of familiar? Well, coincidentally, over 2,000 years ago, there was no room available for Joseph and Mary. But God intentionally had his son Jesus born into that scenario. So earlier, Pastor Ben read from Luke 2, verses 1 to 7. I'm going to read it again for you now. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He was there. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, a son. She married him, or she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. That is the word of the Lord. Now imagine Joseph. Imagine becoming a father for the first time. I imagine he was nervous. He had worries and insecurities because this was his firstborn. Well, Joseph was probably like that. And on top of that, throw in the stigma of having a child out of wedlock. Plus, being poor, Joseph could not even have Mary give birth in a decent place. No one in this world welcomed Joseph and his pregnant wife, who was about to give birth to the Savior of the world. Yet God chose to send his son to earth under those conditions. Jesus, indeed, was born in Bethlehem in a manger, basically a feeding trough because there was no room at the inn. Now, from an outsider's view, Joseph was an ordinary person, maybe even less than ordinary. But God chooses to use ordinary people for extraordinary things. Joseph had some attributes that God could use, and maybe as you hear them, maybe you can identify them in yourselves. First thing that Joseph had, Joseph had street cred. What I mean, Joseph had prestigious family connections. Verse 4 reads, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Joseph apparently won the genetic lottery. Joseph was a descendant of King David who was like a rock star in Israel. 
who wouldn't be if you had beaten Goliath. And David's father was Jesse. And this was significant because prophecy said that the Messiah would come from the root of Jesse. That means Joseph had VIP bloodline and that his family name for those in the know would have cachet as the lineage for the Messiah, the Savior. And that's godly street cred. Now for us, we don't have to have the right gene pool to have street cred. But if we identify with Jesus, then we are registered to be in the family of God as his sons and daughters. And that's our godly street cred. And that's good news. The next thing I see is that Joseph was present. He was present both physically and spiritually for his family. He was involved as an active husband and father, the spiritual leader of his family. Verse 5 reads, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Joseph and and Mary, according to verse 5 in Luke 2, were pledged to be married. Now, some of you may be familiar of that concept in biblical times, what it means to be pledged. It's kind of like an engagement period for a year. But there was one condition that was being tested, and that was the purity and chastity of the bride. The bride would have to remain uh, without child to not be pregnant during that one year before the marriage would be consummated after the engagement period ended. But apparently, Mary, being pregnant, was awkward and shameful to others in the community. Imagine Joseph hearing all the whispers behind his back whenever people saw him with a pregnant Mary. In a parallel passage in Matthew 1, for the birth of Jesus, Scripture tells us Joseph was a righteous and loving man because he did not want to divorce Mary publicly which he had all the right to do according to the laws of the time. Joseph was going to protect Mary from public shame and possible stoning to death for her perceived infidelity by divorcing her quietly. But God sent an angel to tell Joseph to not be afraid and be an earthly father to his son, Jesus. Matthew 1, verses 20 and 25 reads, But after he had considered this, he being Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Dropping down to verse 24 to 25, continues. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph could have taken the easy path. Joseph could have abandoned Mary. He didn't have to take all that gossip and all those rumors behind his back. Instead, he did the hard thing and stood by demonstrating by her demonstrating he was a good husband and father. Joseph was present for his family. And as a spiritual leader to his family, Joseph made sure to register his family, which was not insignificant. Because you realize you do not exist unless you are documented by the government. 
In spite of the shame and social criticism, Joseph made sure to register his pregnant wife, Mary, as, his, as part of his family. And just as important, ensuring that Jesus, who was conceived through the Holy Spirit, would officially be a part of Joseph's family lineage, specifically the root of Jesse, to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. So the question, have you ever, like Joseph, taken the hard path over an attractive, easy way? Is God maybe asking you tonight to take the more difficult path today, not for yourself, but for God's sake? Last thing I want to mention from Luke 2, this Luke 2 passage, Joseph was obedient to God, making room for Jesus. Luke, verses 6 and 7 from chapter 2 reads, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. A few years back, uh, Terry and I, my wife, and I had a chance to visit Israel. And it was a life-changing experience for me. I mentioned it before. It's given me insight into scripture that I read nowadays. And so there, we had a chance to visit Bethlehem. And there, I saw supposedly where Jesus was born. The birthplace was not a barn, not those romantic barn scenes you see on today's Christmas cards. It was actually, if we believe that's where the spot, it was a damp, dark, cold cave or cavernous space. And where Jesus was placed after he was born by Mary was a tiny nook or hole in the stone wall. Because there was no guest room for his family, Joseph made room for Jesus in a hole in the wall. Such a lowly start for God's son, the savior for the world. This hole or cleft in the rock reminds me of the place God put Moses when Moses asked God if he could see God, to meet God in person. In Exodus 33, verse 22, God told Moses, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. For me, the, the cleft in a rock is a safe place. It's a hiding place. And, and from the Exodus story, Moses was put there because no one can actually look directly at the holiness of God and survive. Because God is so holy. So God put him there. And so, God, so Moses could essentially see God through his shadow as God passed by. Now with this, with this backdrop of what a hole in a rock wall means or a cleft, applying it to our Christmas story, Joseph made room for Jesus by putting Jesus in a hole in a wall, a cleft in a rock. For me, this is a picture, again, of a safe place to find and see Jesus. We all have a God-created hole in our hearts, a cleft that needs to be filled. It is our choice to fill that hole or void with something or someone. 
If we are to be like Joseph, we will wisely choose to make room for Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life, and to put Jesus into that hole. No one can see God except through Jesus. Do you want to see the one and only true God? Then here's today's takeaway. God's simple plan for us is to make room for Jesus. Returning back to my opening story about my wedding day and my hotel room ordeal, I am so thankful for church family because uh, a friend, a good friend in our home group at that time, worked for a four-star hotel in San Francisco in corporate sales and was one of the managers of the hotel. Terry told me to reach out to her for help. I was already in a lot of trouble, so I was desperate, so I gave our friend a call, and I asked her, is there any way I could get a room at her hotel? Our friend told me it would be hard due to that medical convention, but she would look into availability at her hotel and see what she could do. A few days later, she called back and said, good news, I was able to procure a room for you, and the thing is, it's going to cost $150 a night. Now, back then, that was a lot of money. And I was desperate, though, and I told her if it was $1,000, I would have paid for it. As an aside, turns out that room was not any ordinary room. But it was the, the comedian and actress Lily Tomlin, if you've heard of her. It was her personal suite at the hotel. When Ms. Tomlin was out of town, she allowed the hotel to let other guests use it. My plan failed, and I needed my friend who made room for us in her hotel, which is a great blessing to us. Maybe you have never considered following Jesus, not part of your plan. Your life has been going so well, but something inside of you is gnawing at you, that you wonder if there's something missing. You feel incomplete or not at peace. Like you have a hole in your heart. On the flip side, maybe you have journeyed with God for many seasons, but his relevance and importance is no longer real for you. You feel like you are stuck in the mud, going nowhere spiritually. So maybe I can suggest something if you fall into either of those categories. This Christmas season, will you make room for Jesus? Will you welcome him into your homes and, more importantly, into your hearts? Can you invite others to make room for Jesus into their lives? And I am sure you will be blessed if you do so. Tonight is Christmas Eve, and all over the world, Chris Christians are preparing for an anniversary of Jesus' birthday. If you are with us now, you are doing that too, and I commend you for that. During Advent, we have reminded ourselves of the simple story that is Christmas because he came. Luke 2, verses 11 to 13 summarizes God's simple plan of hope for all of us. The angel gave this message from God. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, 
and lying in a manger. A manger. A hole in a wall. Baby Jesus in that cleft. I invite us all to accept God's simple plan of hope and welcome Jesus into that hole of your heart. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless each person who is listening now if they would welcome your son on Christmas Day and every day until he returns. As the world around us tries to crowd into our spaces, will you help us like you did for Moses, clear and protect that hole in all of us so we can make room for Jesus. That is our prayer and our hope. And all of God's people say, Amen. Blessing to y'all on this Christmas Eve. Thank you, Pastor Calvin, for that message and reminder of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, Church, right now, we are going to do something really special, this time with real candles. Um, It's time for our candle lighting. Um, Raise your hand. Did you guys all get one? Awesome. If you're joining at home, feel free to grab a candle, um, get ready to light with us. But um, just a few instructions before we move forward. Uh, my friends here are going to go up and uh, get the candles, and um, Pastor Ben and Pastor Calvin are going to be on the sides um, and lighting the candles through the aisles, and it'll kind of go in this way. Um, feel free to stand once your candle is lit, and we'll turn down the lights. It'll look very cool. Um, but I love this imagery. I love the picture of the light in this dark room because that is exactly what Jesus is. He is the light in a dark world in a world that truly needs him, needs a savior, needs hope. And um, I just invite you to look at the candles just going on, going through the rooms tonight. Um, For those of you, just as Pastor Calvin was saying, if you've lost hope, if you're broken, if you're ashamed, if you're hiding, if you feel like you have nothing to offer the Lord, just a reminder that Christ was born for you. The Savior of the world was born for you. He is the light of the world, and he gives that to you. And so would you receive it tonight? Would you make room for him in your hearts? I invite you to stand at any time you feel ready and continue to worship with us.
Would you all join me in singing our final song, Joy to the World? Truly what joy Jesus has brought into our life. Pastor Ben, uh, we are going to sing Happy Birthday to Jesus. It's kind of been a CLC tradition. We actually got a cake and everything. <laughs> um, come on up here. All right. And we also have a, a special video plan, so try and sing along with the video. Have fun with it. Um, here we go. Say the joke, I'll Hey, how's it? Mele klikimaka. 
Happy birthday, Jesus. Yes, Bruce is actually in Hawaii right now. <laughs> birthday Jesus. Thank you all for joining us once again this Christmas Eve. Uh, we are so glad, so grateful to have this church family to worship with, to celebrate with. We just want to wish you blessings over your holidays, your Christmas and your New Year's. Um, stay safe everyone. Enjoy time with your families. Just a really quick announcement. We don't have service here on Sunday, but we encourage you to spend time with family or go celebrate with another church. And we'll see you back here, same time, same place in 2022. So don't forget, have a Merry Christmas, everyone.